Here's the question. Do you believe you have a personal responsibility to share your faith? Surveys have shown that the overwhelming majority of you would answer yes. Okay, so what about this question? Have you shared your faith with anyone in the last six months? Surveys have shown that a majority of you would answer this question? No. I guess it's just not as easy as it seems, or at least as easy as we'd like it to be. Well, here's another question. How many times have you personally invited an unchurched person to church? Now, this seems simple, right? And yet, surveys tell us that almost half of you would answer zero. I mean, there are lots of reasons why we don't, right? Like, maybe it still feels a little awkward and uncomfortable. Or maybe we're just unsure how effective it is. Or we just expect to hear them say, well, no. Okay, so listen to this. When people are asked why they came to church in the first place, the vast majority of them say, I began attending because someone invited me. It wasn't the music or the pastor. It wasn't the childcare, the youth program, or the building. Although these are all great things, important and valuable things, the main thing that got most of you up and through that door the first time wasn't any of these. It was an invitation. Easter will be here soon. That's the perfect Sunday to share with others what your faith is all about. And it can all start with one more simple question. When we come to church on Sunday, let's change the stats and let God change hearts and lives this Easter. And let's start something simple. An invitation. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's a pretty busy, busy season these days. Of course, around here, we're preparing for Easter. You probably saw the banner on the side. We've been having some ads in the uh, Enterprise as well, uh, advertising our Easter banquet and Easter service. And... Uh, of course, we have a bunch of Easter invitation cards in the back for you as well. So make sure you grab a stack of those this week and take the opportunity to be able to invite people to a potentially life-transforming event, you know, something that they can come to and, and hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ that we all know because we've been changed by that same gospel. And that's why it's important to have those invitations. I want to welcome you if you're a guest here with us this morning or if you're joining us online. We're so glad that you chose to take some time with us to worship. We really believe that God is at work and, and moving among us. And uh, if you are here for the first time, if you could take a, a moment, there's a connection card if you haven't filled one out yet. And you could just uh, fill that out in the next few minutes, sometime during the service. You'll notice that our offering box is right in the back of the service on the way out. You can feel free to drop it right in that offering box. And uh, speaking of the offering box, I just want to thank you for your giving. I know sometimes we kind of forget because it's not a moment that we do in service anymore where you used to pass around the baskets. But I do thank you for every bit that you give, every, every uh, person who sacrifices and gives and, or gives or tithe or offerings here to the church. I want to thank you for that. The Bible says that, that God loves a joyful giver. And so we should be joyful at doing it, not giving it for begrudgingly. And I don't want anybody to give just because they feel like they have to. This is why we have a box in the back. You can give as you go out if you'd like to. You don't have a basket passed in front of you, so I think that's uh, that's something that's important. 
course, we know that next Sunday is? Easter. 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 Yeah, next Sunday is Easter. And of course, you saw that uh, we're going to be having an Easter egg hunt right after service. So we're going to start service at 10 a.m. And uh, we're going to have an Easter egg, Easter egg service, Easter egg hunt after service on that uh, Sunday morning next week. And uh, I want to encourage you again, perhaps you can invite cars on the way out. I want to encourage you, if you're able to, to maybe carpool. Try to get as few cars as we can here for. Um, you can see I actually parked all the way down on the grass today, just trying to uh, save parking spots for guests. And uh, I don't know what it's going to look like next week, but we want to be sure that we're doing that as a congregation. So if you're able to park up on the grass or you're able to carpool, please do that. I think that will help us out a little bit. And I also want to let you know that if you are interested in doing a sunrise service, if, you, if that's kind of part of your tradition or something that you'd like to do, there is going to be a sunrise service at the Mountain Beach at 5.45 a.m., you want to be on the beach at 545, that's Freedom Church is going to be there doing their, you know, Freedom Church is in the church that meets upstairs. They're going to be doing a sunrise service. So if you're interested in being a part of that, get out there at 545, actually probably before 545, get there a little bit earlier. And, uh, and uh, last year, was it last year or two years ago that I remember? Last year, it was last year. It was a good service. We had a great time together out there on the beach. Another thing I want to highlight is we are just starting up what we're calling growth track. And we're going to start up on Thursday, April 21st. So this is a class for those of you who want to know more about heritage. You want to know more about who we are, what we do, what we want to accomplish, or maybe it's, it's even a class that's going to help you grow in your faith. We're going to talk about some of the, the disciplines in order to help grow in your faith. And uh, we also want to know that if, if you want to become a member of the church, you want to go through this growth track, and there'll be a, an opportunity for you to become a member if you so choose. The class is going to be about six weeks on a Thursday night at seven. And I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Sign up for it. Take out the back on your connection card, and make sure you write it in there. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. But uh, it's a way that we can help disciple and grow in, as a church and see God at work there. Now I want to get into the message for today. Coming upon this season, I, I wrote a, a, a book called Steve, or by Steve Sorgen, and he wrote this book called Conspiracy of Kindness. Conspiracy of Kindness. He started a church in Cincinnati, Ohio, that grew rapidly and has an average dependence of about 7,000 people. Their motto is small things done with great love are changing the world. Small things done with great love are changing the world. They carry out random acts of kindness, like paying for a stranger's coffee or writing a thank you note to an office assistant. Kindness is love with work clothes. Showing God's love in practical ways, they have discovered the power of kindness to affect positive change, both in their lives and also the lives of the people around them. Unexpected kindness is the most powerful, least costly, and most underrated agent of human change. When kindness is expressed, healthy relationships are created, community connections are nourished, and people are inspired to more kindness. Amen. Scripture would say, spur to good works, spur it on to more good works. I've really been thinking about this in relation to in its connection to Easter. How Jesus Christ came to serve. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. And really, he's called his people, his followers, people who say they are followers of Christ, to do the same, to serve one another, to serve our community, 
to serve those around us. He's called us to serve those in need. That being said, what if we approach our invitationals a little bit differently this year? But before we get into that, let's take a look at how kindness opens the door for an impactful invitation. How kindness opens the door of opportunity. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. It's going to be on the screen behind me as well, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. You're going to recognize the story probably once we start reading. Check, check. Okay, there we go. I thought the battery was okay, but I guess not. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So, what chapter of Acts are we in? See if you did hear me. <laughs> so, starting in, in uh, verse 1, it says Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. Verse 2 As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. See the man looked The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting a handout, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went to the temple with them. Put yourself in this man's place for a moment. Going up about his regular life, doing what he always does, going and looking for a handout day after day. And suddenly, after all those years, he can walk again. A complete miracle of God. The first thing I want to point out here is that kindness gives what it has. Kindness gives what it has. There's a 2007 movie called Heaven Almighty. This was a modern-day comedy about the story of Noah and the Ark. Uh, if you're watching it for a biblical reenactment, this is probably not the movie that you want to watch, but it is funny, and tells a little bit about a modern-day telling of what it could have been for Noah. Steve Carell is the, the lead part in it. And there's an actor in this movie, you've probably heard of him, his name is Morgan Freeman, and he plays God in this situation. So Morgan Freeman is talking to the man who is, his name's not really Noah, but his, his name's Evan, actually. That's why it's Evan Almighty. He says to Evan, you want to change the world? So do I. How do you change the world? Evan asks. 
one act of random kindness at a time. An act of random kindness. And at the end of the movie, God reveals the ark, what the ark of Noah stood for. A, act of R, random, K, kindness. You see, one act of kindness can transform a person's day and even their life. As the saying goes, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting some kind of a battle. No matter how put together they may look on the inside, there are battles that are, if you think you're facing battles, you know, sometimes you can give So, so is everyone else. We're all facing those battles. And kindness was listed as one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Kindness. Why kindness? Why is this important? Why is it important to be kind to those around us? You see, just after Peter and John had been filled with the Holy Spirit, later on in, in the book of Acts, this, this is considered or called an act of kindness or a good deed for this man. This act of kindness led to a remarkable chain of events. Which perhaps best is, is best described as power of evangelism. It led to astonishing church growth. It was a part of the beginning of an explosion of what God was going to do on this earth. And something that would eventually change the whole world. And you and I are here because of what happened in the book of Acts. Because of the Holy Spirit falling upon a group of people that continued to preach God's word and spread all over the place in there. You see, if we were asked to start a new church, I doubt we would have done it the way that they did it. They had no building, they had no money, they had no resources. And it began with a bunch of fishermen and former tax collectors and a whole load of people speaking in tongues. <laughs> Yet the church exploded. People from outside were attracted because what, of what they saw happening on the inside. They were attracted by the sheer, unbelieving power of God at work. When they saw this act of kindness, when they say, I told this man to stand up and walk. And the point here is that they gave what they had. They didn't say, hey, I'm going to go to the ATM. Or wait till my next paycheck. Or I'll just put it on my credit card. They gave what they had. They didn't give what they didn't have. But what they did have was more valuable than what they didn't have. They didn't have money. They didn't have a reputation. They didn't have influence. But what they did have was the power of the Holy Spirit at work in them. The power to heal that Christ working through them gave them the ability to heal that man on that day. And God is asking every one of us, to give what we have. You may not have silver or gold. You may not have a reputation or influence. But every one of us has the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. And that's something even more powerful than those other things. You do have some influence with families or maybe neighbors or people you work with. Use what you have and give it to Christ and he will bless it. Because... Kindness gives what it has. And in this case, kindness brought healing. 
Our world is in desperate need of healing. One act of kindness can begin a chain of change, can begin the process. The second thing I want to point out about this story is that kindness and miracles cause people to take notice. Kindness and miracles cause people to take notice. Now, let's be very clear here. A miracle drew people to what was happening here in this place. A miracle is what people saw and experienced. There was no doubt that the miracle took place. There was no doubt that this person was healed, or he was walking among them at that moment. Acts chapter 3, verses 9 through 11 says, All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. An act of random kindness and the evidence of a miracle caused people to take notice and caused them to praise God because of what they had seen and experienced, what they noticed. Now notice Peter and John, their, their hearts didn't sink when they realized that he was lame. Like, ooh, that's a tough one. But rather, their faith rose to the occasion. Do you see that? Their faith rose to the occasion. They did something. They prayed over him. They didn't have anything else to give, but they prayed over him and he was healed. They saw someone in need. They recognized the inner beauty of a human being. They recognized that somebody was there at this gate in need. And we also recognize that there is great power in the name of Jesus. That's why we sing songs in the name of Jesus. See, like Peter and John, we are dependent on Christ. We don't have the power and the ability to do any of that. But Christ in us, His Holy Spirit in us, gives us the power to pray and believe for healing. In our weakness, you and I can continue to do ministry if it's in the power of His name. What are we doing that causes us to stand out in the crowd? What are we doing that causes people to take notice? One of the things that we started over this past year, we just said the one, almost the one year anniversary, was Hope Restored. Hope Restored is where we take in home goods, home interior type things, fix them up, clean them up, and then sell them, and then all the profits go to local organizations that are helping people in need. Now, add another thing. I believe our Easter celebration is going to cause people to take notice. It's an opportunity to serve our community. It's a way to show that we care and give an opportunity to, for them to meet the risen Christ, the one that we serve, an opportunity for a new life, an opportunity to show kindness. We need everyone helping out, everyone participating to help people feel welcome and loved here in this place. I want to encourage you next week on Easter Sunday to be early. Be here early. Carpool where you can. Park on the grass. Let's see what God does. We want people to walk into a celebratory environment where we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
We also need to invite people. We need to be kind. Because in a world where there's so much unkindness, we need to stick out. On another note, we are a church. I want you to hear this. We are a church that believes that miracles still happen today. These things did not just happen in the past. I know many of you, and I know personally, I have been prayed for and healed instantaneously of my asthma when I was younger. I know God can heal today. And we pray boldly for that healing. And we are a church that believes in miracles. And I say that because there are, there are some churches that don't believe that that's for today. But we do. And we pray boldly for that healing. We should pray for miracles and believe for them. Why? Because kindness and miracles draw people to Christ. Kindness and miracles grab their attention. Kindness gives what it has. Kindness and miracles cause people to take notice. And kindness creates opportunities. See, once you grab attention, that, that gives us opportunity to share the Christ that just brought the healing. The Christ working in us to do that kind act. Now that they, we have the attention of the people, and now that Peter and John had the attention of the people, what was their next step? Have a great day. See ya. Their next step was to share the good news of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 3, verses 18 through 20, this is kind of cutting part of his message a little bit down, but just so that you hear it. This is Peter speaking. It says, But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Verse 19, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. See, not only did this man get healed, but many people became followers of Christ because not only did that draw their attention, but then the gospel was preached. God's truth was preached about the death and resurrection and the suffering of the Messiah. The miracle provided an opportunity to share about Jesus Christ. In this act of kindness, act of kindness to someone created an opportunity. Peter did not let this opportunity go to waste. He speaks about sin, he speaks about the cross, he speaks about the resurrection, and he tells them to repent and turn back to God. The same type of message that's shared here week after week. We share it once again on Easter Sunday. Kindness gives what it has. Kindness and miracles cause people to take notice. And kindness creates opportunities. So what's next? My encouragement to you is given an invitation with an act of kindness tied to it. Of course, with the invitations, grab a stack and hand out as many as you can. You may not be able to do a kind act for every one of those people. But there may be someone in your life this morning. Someone 
in your sphere of influence that you would like to come to Christ. Think of a way to connect an act of kindness to the invitation. So that act of kindness creates the opportunity to invite someone on Easter Sunday. In other words, let your invitation be accompanied with a kind act, an act of random kindness. Create an opportunity for the gospel to be shared here on Easter Sunday morning. I know many of you will be serving on Easter Sunday, helping guests feel welcomed and appreciated. Yes, you may be giving up attending part of the service and our message. But I want you to see the bigger picture here just for a moment. Now, Rick Warren, who's the author of Purpose Driven Life and Purpose Driven Church and other books along the way, What on Earth Is This Life For? or something like that. But he cut right to the heart of the matter in his message that he preached to his church. He says, it takes unselfish people to grow a church. We need to leave the 99 saved sheep to go after the one, because that is what Jesus did. A church that does not want to grow is saying to the world, you can go to hell. See, Easter is about the resurrection of Christ. We celebrate what Christ has done in us. What better way to celebrate than for lives to be changed? What better way to celebrate than for lives to be brought back to life? For those that are dead in sin to rise to new life. I love this thought from a book called Win the Day by Mark Anderson. I just finished that a couple of weeks ago. He says this, he says, at the end of the day, God is not going to say, well thought, well planned, or well intentioned, but well done. At the end of the day, God is not going to say, well thought, well planned, or well intentioned, but well done. It's not about what we thought, it's not about what we planned, it's not about our intentions. It's about what we did with what we had. It's about what we did with what we had. So my challenge, my encouragement, is let's get it done together. This is a very exciting season. We are ready to move forward to see what God does in this next season as we go on this Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray that this morning you would speak to our hearts. Maybe there's somebody that you're placing on our heart right now. Then we can do an act of random kindness for them. We open up an opportunity to invite, to share your truth. To share what you've done in our lives. Lord, I pray that in this season, all Christians would find new life in Christ. That all those we meet might see something of Jesus in us. Lord, we pray for your church to overflow with the reality of the presence of Jesus this Easter. In the power of the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning you may be here.
talk about that. This is the perfect season to hand over your life to someone who loves you more than words can say. We are all sinners. Before Christ, the only way to be forgiven was a system of sacrifice. Something had to die for forgiveness to take place. But God sent His Son, Jesus, to be that sacrifice for once and for all time. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was crucified for you and for me. He was the sacrifice for our sins. And he is the sacrifice for our sins. You see, many people have lived and died. But what makes the death of Jesus unique is that he rose again. You can experience what it means to live a life of forgiveness with no shame or guilt. Just perfect freedom from your past. And today... You remember, as Jesus rose from the dead and celebrated that next day, you can rise to new life. You can have a new start. You can have a new beginning. You can just pray something like this this morning. If you're ready to give your heart to the Lord, you're watching online, or you're here in this room, pray something like this. It's a very simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you today. Forgive me of my sin. Make me new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And it's a first step to your salvation. I want to encourage you to continue to grow in your faith. I want to encourage you to download an app called New Version and look up a devotion there called First Steps for New Believers and begin to work through that process. If you're around the Cape, I want to encourage you to come here and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. That's one way you're going to be able to grow. We have this new class starting as well. You'll be a part of that. And if you're watching from far away, find a church. You can get into, get involved in growing your faith. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand as we prepare to release this one. One act of random kindness. One invitation could change a life. This week, invite people in. And let's see what God will do. Give what you have. Connect your invitation with an act of kindness and pray for miracles. And don't miss the opportunity to share the love of Christ. Amen. I'm going to ask this morning, before we before we release, just let you know that I'm going to be available up here for prayer. Because again, we are a church of beliefs in prayer. We believe in miracles. And if you have a need this morning, the word God says to ask the leadership of the church to pray over you and believe that you. We're going to open up as, as the rest of the congregation will release you. But I'm going to be up here because I'm going to pray over you. If you have a need this morning, we're going to believe with you and pray boldly that that miracle will happen for you. God bless you all. And may you have an amazing week. And may you see an amazing turnout next week for Easter. Okay.